Welcome back to the island, folks. On this episode of Baller Island, we got a loaded Week 16 slate in the NFL to recap. And also some other big headlines, including Russell Wilson getting benched by the Denver Broncos. The Broncos aren't out of it yet, so a lot to talk about there. The Ravens dismantling the 49ers on Monday night in what was one of the more hyped-up games of the season. We'll get to that as well. And all the other headlines, including the Detroit Lions finally getting it done and winning their first division title since 1993. And speaking of Detroit sports, are the Pistons ever going to win a game? They set a record for 27 straight losses. We'll talk about that as well. Keep it locked. A lot of football and basketball talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow at Baller Island on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What is happening, friends? And Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Olalahi. A crazy week 16 slate that we have to recap and some big headlines that have breaking the sports world, mainly the football world, over the past 12 to 24 hours, which included Russell Wilson getting benched by the Denver Broncos. So we're going to start with that, but a whole lot more to get to. The Lions finally got it done. First division title in 30 years. A lot of us thought it was going to happen, and it did happen. The Raiders, big time Christmas upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. Dolphins beating the Cowboys. The Buccaneers are on the cusp of winning the garbage NFC South. A whole lot to get to. A whole lot to get to. Um, B was happening. It was a pretty eventful Christmas for you. Big Celtics win over the Lakers and the Patriots for a change. It's the Patriots who get the heroic win and the Niners who look like garbage this weekend. Hey, and I feel like we kind of started this all rusting. Feels good to, you know, still be able to ruin a couple franchises here and there. Oh, well, they definitely blew up Denver. That's for sure. They, 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 they put an end to the Russell Wilson era in Denver, although I think this goes far beyond what has happened in the last few weeks. Um, so we'll start with that. Let's get to that, and then we'll roll into the Week 16 stuff. But obviously yesterday, in a situation that escalated very, very quickly yesterday, which is why, again, I think that this began way back, and I'll go through the timeline in a little bit. Um, but I think it was yesterday afternoon, a rumor broke saying that Russell Wilson might get benched due to quote-unquote financial reasons. Then literally 15 minutes later, Russell Wilson is benched in favor of Jared Stidham. And then two hours later, Russell Wilson may get cut in March, or not even may, but is expected to be cut. And then it gets even worse Russell Wilson has apparently expected that he's going to get cut for the last two months. The way this escalated is nuts. I haven't seen it go from like, okay, a quarterback's been benched to, yeah, no, you're going to be off the team in March. And especially with what Denver gave up to get Russ and how much money they still have to pay Russ is absolutely insane. And this trade looks like an absolute fail let alone, I mean, we've been talking about all offseason of how the Trey Lance trade looks like one of the worst, which will still go down as one of the worst draft day trades, but one of the worst NFL trades in general. The Broncos losing this trade on Russell Wilson is awful, especially knowing that the Seahawks are very close to going to back-to-back playoff trips with Geno Smith, at quarterback. Yeah, but it's weird because last year, I mean, when this trade happened, I thought we all were like, yeah, okay, like, even the last two years in Seattle, we're like, okay, Russ is kind of done. Like, he's got not 
Like he's not worth what they gave up. Um, so we are, I already thought it was going to be an L then last year, how bad he was. It was like, there's no coming back from this. Like he's done, done. Um, but like this, it, the weird part about it is like this year, he's actually been good. Like he's been as good as any other quarterback in the league to me. Um, like, especially like on paper, you look at his stats compared to you name it, like he's right there basically. So that's the weird part to me where it's like, you want to do this now? Like, why didn't we do this last year when he was so bad last year? Or um, at the beginning of the season when they were like, came out the gates like awful, but you wait till like now when it was like, you know, I get the last two weeks were pretty bad, but like, you know, he definitely like, as a team, they were winning games um, and they put themselves in like a spot where like they had an outside chance looking into the playoffs. Like, I, I, I just like the timing of it's weird. Like, I don't, I don't blame them for doing this because it just doesn't make any sense for him to be even on that roster. But like just the timing is weird. You could have done it last year. You could have done it in the off season and you could have done it at the beginning of the year. Now you want to do it. And it's just like all the money we're talking about. It's just, just a massive L man. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, it is. It, it is. It is literally a huge L and it's crazy because you look at, like you said, Russell Wilson stats, 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year. And we're out here talking about Dak Prescott being potential MVP at 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And Russell Wilson, just because he's on a garbage Denver team, had 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Those are good stats. Those are really good stats. And he's just crossing just over 300 yards passing. Or sorry, 3,000 yards passing. He's had a very good year. Even on the ground, he's had a pretty decent year. I mean, he's had three over 300 rushing yards. Like, that's not bad for, for Russell Wilson. But you look in the past few games, really, I'm going to go back to their win against Kansas City, which was an ugly one. Russell Wilson was 12 for 19 and three touchdowns. Then they beat Buffalo. He was 24 for 29 and two touchdowns, no interception. That entire win streak that the Broncos were on from the win against the Packers to the win against the Browns, Russell Wilson did not throw a single interception. It was that ugly game against Houston where he threw three interceptions. But other than that, he has not had a game like that the entire year, to put that into perspective. So Russell Wilson's had a good year. And the Broncos, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, they're not out of it yet. They're, it's not looking good. They're 7-8. and eight. That loss to New England was brutal for them. But they're still in it. So why the hell would you bench... You're starting quarterback that you've invested so much in with two games left and you're still in the thick of the playoff race. Doesn't make any sense. That's them throwing in the towel. Here's why I think, honestly, this has been brewing for a long time because the minute that Sean Payton got hired, I heard things of that Russell Wilson's not his guy. Uh, Sean Payton might try to go out and start his own guy, or he may start Jared Stidham because he's, he fits his system more often. As soon as I start hearing rumblings like that, I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know how this is going to work. Russ ends up starting. Things are looking awful to start the year. They're 0-3. They're 1-5 to start. It's looking brutal. And then all of a sudden, they win five straight games, and they're right back in, in the thick of things. And then obviously down the stretch, they've lost three out of the last four. But Russell Wilson, we looked at the numbers. He's had a good year. Sean Payton wanted him apparently to 
vie for his starting job in training camp, which is kind of insane to think, knowing that Russell Wilson is who he is. He's a Super Bowl champion. You invested so much money in him to be the franchise guy. Sean Payton knew what he was signing up for. So at that point, the Denver Broncos organization had a decision to make. Do we invest in the coach or are we investing this in the quarterback? Which one here are we going to take our chance on to lead us to the promised land? Because you can't choose both unless you hire the coach to be like, are you going to build around Russell Wilson? And I guess that was not discussed because clearly Sean Payton does not want to build around Russell Wilson. And here's why. One, we hear the training camp rumbles. Two, apparently Sean Payton wanted him to fight for his starting job, which I think is actually kind of whack. But I get it. You're a new coach coming in. You want to do things your way. And Sean Payton, he also has the pedigree of winning a Super Bowl and, and being with the Saints who have won for many years. I get that. Then you see the sideline clips throughout the season. And I have seen a handful of them of Sean Payton reaming Russell Wilson out because he didn't throw it away, because he threw an unforced pick, or whatever the reason is. Sometimes I'm even confused as to why he's yelling at him. Like, in the Patriots game, Russell Wilson played fine. Like, you see the numbers, and even watching the game, the Broncos' offense as a whole is trash, which is funny when Sean Payton goes and says, I can't change the offensive line, but you can. I can't change the wide receivers, but you can. Oh, but I can change the quarterback, because he, we have a backup at court. Like, no. Dude, you can switch out whoever the hell you want to. Obviously, you're not going to switch your starting five offensive line and your starting wide receivers, but oh yeah, let's switch our quarterback because that's the problem. No, your whole team is a problem. Like, there is so much more here for the Denver Broncos than to just blame Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson got scapegoated. Yeah, last year, he was awful. Hackett was awful. The team was awful. This year, the team's not bad. They're not good. But they're not bad. Like, obviously, we thought they were garbage when they lost 70 to 20 to the Dolphins back in week three. But now you're looking at it and you're like, the Broncos aren't that bad. And Russell Wilson didn't play that bad. So what the hell is the problem? I honestly think this honestly boils down to Russell Wilson just not being Sean Payton's guy. Because I think I've looked at the entire season and the body language seems that way. The stats don't make no sense because he's played good football, but yet you still want to bench him for financial reasons. does not make any sense. Screw financial reasons when you're trying to make the playoffs. Like, what's more important to you here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, um, like, part of Russ's deal must be, like, if you play, you know, all 17 games or something. That is correct. The, the full money, right? Yep, that is correct. Um, so if they can save, like, a boatload of money for benching him these last two games. Yeah, I, I get it now because now it's like, you what? You limp into the playoffs as a seven seed. You have an outside chance. Why even kind of dig yourself that hole? Um, but the point you made about like him not being that guy, like, yeah, Russ was there first. Like, Sean Payton could have gotten any job, right? Like he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and he chose this Denver one. And part like the reason you think he's choosing this Denver one is he's like, oh, I can fix help Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson 100%. Right? You saw what how bad he was last year, and they're like, no, no, no. If I'm there, I can do something with him. So it, it kind of made no sense from the jump. If that wasn't your guy, why even take the job? You could have, you know, taken any other job in the league, basically. Waited it out, maybe, you know, have you have your pick um, with a with a quarterback already. So yeah, that part makes absolutely no sense. Um, but it's just like 
from this whole Russ saga from the jump has been a mess. I don't agree with it at all. Like from the like from the move they made, like it, it makes no sense. Why? Like they were not even in the direction you need to be in when you add a quarterback like this. It's not like Russell Wilson was the last piece that this team needed. It it's just from the jump. It makes no sense. Now what are you gonna do? Now you have to go in the draft. You got like this team needs so much fixing that it's like you trading for Russ was not the missing piece. Like that was just like, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's just Mm -hmm. like, there's, they're 10 moves away, not one quarterback move away. Yeah. I think it makes it even more discouraging if you're a Denver Bronco fan, because this was supposed to be an upward trend. You have the veteran quarterback, you have the veteran coach, you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you have a Super Bowl winning coach. This is supposed to be, yeah, two peas in a pod, and we're going to try and win some football games here. And instead, I think that's what a lot – like, I bought into that at the beginning of the season. I had the Broncos in the playoffs. And it's been anything but that. I mean, I thought they started to get hot a little bit, and I was like, okay, maybe I might be right here. No, I was very wrong, and a lot of us were very wrong to think that because that's not the thing. And like you said, I think you made a great point about that is Sean Payton could have taken any other job, yet he took Denver's job knowing – what the Broncos gave up to get Russell Wilson, you know that they're putting their time and money in Russell Wilson is our guy. So you're taking that job knowing that you're not coming into a situation where you have like, let's say the Raiders, for example, where you have Jimmy G on a two-year deal. You know, he's just there to kind of just buy you time until you want to get your guy, right? That's a little bit of a different story than coming in here and investing all this money into Russell Wilson knowing he is our guy. We traded to get this guy. We, they, they traded so much, so much to get Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks got a haul for him. Now, to your other reason here is, yeah, so Russell Wilson apparently has $37 million in injury guarantees for 2025. That would then become fully guaranteed in March. So by benching Russell Wilson for the final two games ensures that if he doesn't get injured in the last two games, that's giving the Broncos financial flexibility to move on from if they want to move on from in 2024. So, yeah, that's a clear cut reason that the Broncos are planning on moving on from. And if Russ is saying that I felt like I was going to get cut in November, you know what I got to say? Although I'll say I haven't been fond of Russell Wilson in many times. Sometimes I think he tries to be too much that he is. But I will say this. Russell Wilson was kind of a vet in this situation for him to say that I've known that I'm going to be cut since October and for him to go out and rip off five games in a row and go 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions, I rate that. That's a veteran right there. If you know that, hey, I'm not going to be the guy right there, yet you still go out and you ball out, I respect that. And honestly, I think there are better options out there for him next year. And I thought of two today that I thought would be great spots for him next season. And I look at the Atlanta Falcons in an NFC South that's pretty trash or the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think are still sticking around, they have a lot of talent. Why not go play for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh? That's if Mike Tomlin is still there, that is. Um, for some rumors there about trading Mike Tomlin. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on there. But Russell Wilson could be a good fit for there because Pittsburgh has got a merry-go-round going on a quarterback right now. So I see two, I see two potential options right there for Russell Wilson if he does become a free agent. Yeah, those aren't bad. What about the Vikings, too? I mean, the the Vikings, I feel like, are a team that um, is a quarterback away. Like, If they move um, on from Kirk, yes. But that is very dependent on what they do with Kirk. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be back. Really? 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was kind of like going into the year, it was mm. like, oh, this is his last year. Um, that is true. That is true. Yeah. No, that yeah. is true. Yeah, he is. He is going to his last year. So, yeah, the Vikings do have a decision to make. It's not like he's under contract. It's a good point. Um, yeah. So, the Vikings, yeah, the Vikings could, could definitely be in the market if they want to move on from him. Yeah, Russell Wilson, he could be a fit for that for sure. Um, yeah, it could be a, an interesting offseason with the quarterback position. I mean, this year in itself has been a weird one with all the injuries, all the benchings. I mean, he wasn't the only one this weekend like that got benched. Obviously, he's the big one that got benched. The other two honestly don't matter at this point in the season. Tommy DeVito getting benched for Tyrod Taylor. Really not that deep. Tyrod Taylor was already ranked ahead. DeVito only came in because Tyrod got hurt. And then the commanders are way out of it at this point. But Sam Howell gets benched for Jacoby Brissett. Commanders are an absolute mess as per usual um but yeah it'll be very interesting to see what happens here jared stidham came in it's funny jared stidham jared stidham was in the exact same situation last year with the raiders when the raiders decided to move on from Derek carr with two games left in the season and jared stidham came in played lights out in the final two games now here he is again with the denver broncos coming in for russell wilson who they're apparently moving on from jared stidham will not come in and start the final two games interesting very interesting there, but we'll see. We'll see what the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton decide to do because now I, I think all eyes look to Sean Payton. It's like, all right, you don't want Russ, so who are you going to get? Like, there's a lot of pressure on who – maybe Kirk goes to Denver, right? Like, there, there's so many different ways, like, this could this could end up going. Yeah, I mean – it's a it's a lot to fix. He's got a lot to fix, and I'm like, uh, if I'm him, I'm not even. I'm looking draft and just retool the whole roster because, like you said, like the receivers are always hurt. You gotta, I think you gotta start fresh there. You gotta start fresh. You just gotta start fresh on the whole offense, to be honest. Um, so you just kind of, it's got to be one of those things you just build through the draft over like three years at least. Yeah. So fire yourself, basically, just blow it all up and just build it. Build it your way, essentially. I mean, you tell me one keeper on that offense, like that's in those plans. Like I can't even like. Yeah, I don't really have one to be all honest. The, all the hype with you know the receiving core from the last few years, it's like, dude, like they just are never healthy. They're not that good. Um, it's like you got to start fresh there too. Yeah, no, you do make a you do make a good point there. Like they don't have much depth. At those. I was I was going to saying Javante Williams, but he's always hurt. Like, they don't really have any guy. Yeah, like, the only guy I could probably think of is Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, and that dude's been there for years. So, it's like, at what point is he going to end up calling it quits? So, yeah, no, you're right. Like, there's not there's not a lot of a talent on that offensive side of the ball that I would, you know, that's worth around, or that's worth building around. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Let's let's roll over to, to the big headlines from this weekend's game. And there, there's definitely a few... Monday was quite quite the debacle on Christmas where we saw the Niners and Chiefs flop completely. We'll talk about that. The Detroit Lions finally got it done. First division title in 30 years after beating the Vikings. What did I say about Nick Mullins last week? Man, I told you, he can't help himself. And he did that with not one, two, three, but four interceptions. Um, Dolphins got the job done at the buzzer against the Cowboys. That was a good one there. Um, Tampa Bay destroyed Jacksonville and the Browns went nuts on the banged up Texans. Where do you want to start? You have to start with your game, dude. I'm sorry. All right, let's do it. Let's get it in and out the way early. I'll let you go ahead first. Uh, man, honestly, I didn't think 
this is going to be the case at all. But um, I think the major story, dude, is is Purdy. Like, it's just I don't know. Like, you, you we've been talking about him like so highly this entire season, um, and now this is like a real like this is I think this is probably who you if you're gonna if I was to pick now, you're probably gonna see them in the Super Bowl, but. It's like that Ravens defense is so good, man. And it's like what Purdy's been done so well, like since he started, is just not turned the ball over. Um, but it's like, dude, you you can't do that, man. It's like this game was over before it even like started. Like after that safety call, and it's like you're, the offense just got nothing going. Like I, this is a, just a huge like look in the mirror game for Purdy. I think like. It's just, like, he's good enough to win you games, but, like, I think the jury's still out if he's if he's good enough to bring it home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got it. We didn't get a chance to see him in the playoffs last year. Um, so, like, this run is going to tell us, like, I think everything, dude. If he shows up or if he has games like this and it's like, if he has a game like this in the playoffs and you guys lose because of it, Oh my god, dude! I'd be so worried for you. Like I would be like, "Oh my god, where are we going?" Because this is the stuff. Like, yo, you, you guys have been one piece away. Like, just don't screw it up. And it's like, just that's all you have to do. Don't screw it up, and the offense will take care of itself. But four picks, man, it was just brutal, brutal game, dude. It was a Christmas was a nightmare on all ends of the spectrum here. Baltimore Ravens. Beat the Niners 33 to 19 out of Levi Stadium. Um, I'll get to the Ravens in a second. I'll start with the Niners side of things here. Yeah, it was just it was a disaster class, like on all cylinders. I mean, McCaffrey and Kittle's stats, and even BA went for over a hundred. Like, none of that matters because the offense couldn't move the ball at all. The defense was good for the first half and then just completely unraveled after that. And they just couldn't get anything done. Like a Purdy's four interceptions, I get it. It looks bad, but two of them were not his fault. They were bad at balls, and two of them were 100% his fault. They were awful. And to start the second half with a pick when you needed to go down the field and go on the dr- and go on a drive down the field, like, you can't do that. And that's exactly what he did. I agree with you. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yes, the Niners still control their own destiny for the one seed. They got to win the next two games. But do I really want to rely on winning Week 18 against the Red Hot Rams who are rolling right now and you know they really they want to beat us desperately? I don't love that. So I'm worried. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm not worried. Like, obviously, I still believe the Niners can run through the NFC. I still believe, I still expect us to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. We have all the pieces, but we need that bye week badly because our offensive line was a train wreck on Monday night. Trent Williams got banged up. Aaron Banks got banged up. Burford didn't even start. I don't know what the hell happened there, but our O-line is a mess. This team is going nowhere if this O-line is not healthy, let alone number 71. If 71 ain't in there, we got huge issues. So we got to make sure that everyone... I know Trent, Trent. Trent's a friggin' warrior. Like, he'll say, I'm good, and I'm, I'm good, I'm ready to play. Like, that dude will play through anything. But... We need the bye week, and we've gone the last three weeks without Eric Armstead on defense. Like, we need this bye week more than anything. So as long as they win their next two games, get that bye week into the divisional round, okay, we can breathe for a little bit. As for Brock Purdy, 
I, I I'm I'm with you, man. Like I I've been saying this for time. Like as stupid as it sounds, as a Niners fan, I want us to be in a close game, and I thought that this was gonna be it, and instead it was just a a nightmare, and it wasn't close at all. It was close for the first half, and that was it. After that, that one interception, Baltimore goes right down the field after that, scores a touchdown, and boom, it's two score game. That's it, game over. So. Brock Purdy, I still do need to see him go on a game-winning drive and lead us to victory in a close game, and not just for him, but as a team. I want to see the 49ers win a gritty, grimy game. Like, they were able to... That's the thing about that 2019 team, that sure, say what you want, Jimmy Garoppolo held them back, but they won a lot of close games, and Jimmy, what, like, that's the one thing. Is Jimmy Garoppolo better than Brock Purdy? No, not even close. However... Is this going to take a second for people to look back and be like, wait a minute, can we actually appreciate the fact that Jimmy G went on a lot of game-winning drives for us in the regular season and put us to bed? Because we haven't seen it right now from this Niners team. We've blown out every opponent we've faced that we've won. And when we've lost, it's been a little bit of both. Like we've lost two close games and then we've looked like garbage the other two games. Now, when it comes down to it, I want to give Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens a lot of credit in a second here, but I am going to say this. It's the same story I've been talking about all year. The Niners turned the ball over four times. They got penalized 10 times for over 100 yards. When the Niners turn the ball over and they penalize themselves, they don't win football games. They are their biggest enemy. And that is going to go from now all the way to the Super Bowl if they get there. The Niners are their biggest enemy. That's how it is. They cannot beat themselves. If they beat themselves, they're screwed. I knew the minute Brock Purdy threw that first interception, I was like, ah, shit. I don't know about this. Because as, soon, because as soon as we start turning the ball over, things don't go well for the Niners. And that concerns me because the big stat, and this is the thing with the Niners now under Kyle Shanahan, we have never won a game down by eight points in the fourth quarter. Never. In seven years, we have never won. Like, that is a huge concern going into the playoffs when... We're probably going to have to play Dallas again. We might have to play Philly again. And who knows if we get to the Bull, we might have to play Baltimore again. Like, sure, we blew out two of those three teams, but, like, you're going to have to do it again. And you're going to have, you might have to come back. And you might have, like, all these things still need to happen. So, no, I am still worried. Do I, again, do I expect the Niners to be where they're supposed to be? Absolutely. I'm not too worried about that, but I'm worried about injuries right now. And, yeah, like, I'm uh, th- that game was horrible, man. Freaking horrible. As for the Ravens, I got to give them their flowers here because I thought everyone's going to look at Brock Purdy in the MVP race, right? Everyone's going to look at this. They look at this game. Oh, Lamar Jackson beat Brock Purdy for MVP. Who, who gives a shit? And honestly, in, in hindsight, who cares? Like, I, I personally think Lamar's had a terrific year. I think the Baltimore Ravens are an outstanding football team. Do I think Lamar's worthy of MVP? I honestly, I don't think so. His stats might his stats might like be there, but there are other players that have had way more of a career. Like honestly, if there is a year where a quarterback shouldn't win MVP, it's this year. Give it to McCaffrey. Give it to Tyreek. Give it to one of them because they've had historical statistical careers. Honestly, and both of them, as far as I'm concerned, Miami is one win is two wins away from winning their first AFC's division title since 2008. And the Niners are still the number one seed in the NFC. So it's not like the Dolphins and the Niners are bad teams. They are very good teams. So I'm going to leave it at that. Baltimore. John Harbaugh, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, masterclass. 
masterclass game plan. I have never seen anybody come out with a game plan and completely like shut down this Kyle Shanahan-led Niners offense, which has been literally unstoppable for the entire season minus the three-game losing streak. They have not lost a game with Debo McCaffrey, Purdy, and Trent Williams in the lineup. They have now lost that game. Not only did they lose that game, but you managed to get four turnovers. They could not pass the ball vertically at all. It was just screen passes. And even with the screen passes, those corners and safeties were crashing like no tomorrow. Kyle Hamilton was incredible. Marlon Humphrey was incredible. Jadavian Clowney had a field day. People forget they have these dudes. Jadavian Clowney, people forgot that dude was in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy, your boy, is on their red linebacker. They got Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. Mar- like They are silly stacked everywhere. I don't know why people aren't talking about Baltimore more often. They're the best team in football right now, and I thought the game plan was sensational. I'm looking at that game, and I'm like, bro, Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wills just took this one to the chest, man. Like, they got they got destroyed. Like, forget the actual game. Like, the execution was incredible by Baltimore. But it starts with the game plan, and I thought Mike McDonald's game plan, he absolutely destroyed Kyle Shanahan, and that's something you do not see every day. I give it up to Baltimore's coaching staff. And, of course, John Harbaugh. I think he's got to be in the, in the coach of the year conversation. Do I think he's going to win it? I don't think so. But 12-3, and three, best team in football right now? John Harbaugh been doing it forever, man. People need to be talking about the Ravens, and I feel like not enough people have been talking about them all year. It's week 17. Why are we still talking about the Kansas City Chiefs' struggles? Why are we still talking about what the Dolphins could be? Why are we still talking about, like, what the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs? Start putting some respect on the Baltimore Ravens, man, because they just absolutely obliterated a very talented Niners team. Mm -hmm. And I think, first of all, I'm fully with you on the Lamar thing. Like, dude, remember, like, the first eight, ten weeks of the year, we were like, man, Baltimore is really good, but, like, Lamar hasn't even been playing that well. Like, that was what we were talking about for mm-hmm. the first eight to ten weeks. So, I'm like, I don't think you can give a dude like that the MVP. Like, you, he was not good for the first half of the season. Um, I think this Baltimore D, like you said, it's carried by their defense. Like, their defense is just, like, unreal. And it's like you uh, – it, it's just like – the coach, it's just such a well-coached team. Like, it's a really good team. Like, I can't tell you one one person or anything that stands out. Like, I don't think Lamar stands out on this team. He's the team, the guy that makes it go. I don't think of it like that at all. I think it's just, like, the whole defensive unit and the whole – like, they just got, like, a real, like, identity. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they know who they are. They know what they – like, they just got so much confidence in themselves. It's not like and, – and they play their kind of style of football. It's not – you know, they switch it week to week. They, you know, you know when we see good teams and it's like the bill, like the Bills don't have no identity. Sometimes they're running the ball, sometimes they're not running. It's just like week to week, you know what you're getting with Baltimore, and that's like all coaching, I think. Um, and the Lamar thing, Lamar has picked it up. Like over the second half of the year, he's definitely picked it up. And the really thing I like about it is you got to give him props for this. Is everybody talking about the lack of weapons in KC? And all that stuff. Dude, he has no weapons. He has like, no weapons. Zero weapons. 100%. When Mark Andrews got, like, who, who is he? Like, how is he making plays? Like, that's the one thing you give him props for. It's like, I haven't heard a single peep out of Baltimore when they lost the game. Like, oh, my God, if Lamar had help or something like that. No, man. They put their head down and they just go next week and they win the next week. Like, it is um, very, like, like, just – 
it just gives me super Belichick vibes, dude. Like, it's just like week to week, like consistent. Who cares what everybody else is talking about? They're flying under the radar, even though they're the best team in the league right now. Like, like you said, nobody's talking about them. They don't care. They know they're the best team. It's just like, damn, man. It's like, how can you not just rally around this team right now? That's what I'm saying, man. I got to get like, obviously, I, like I'm scared. The Niners do have to play Baltimore again. Sure. They got the Rask the first time. Maybe they'll know how to come back at it and think of a better game. I hope so. If that's what ends up happening, I really hope that happens because Baltimore looked really freaking good. And back to the Lamar thing, 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't think that should cut it when you got Dak Prescott playing better football, Russell Wilson playing better football. You know, like there's there, there's so many other dudes out there that I think got, it still has to be McCaffrey to me, man. Look, uh, McCaffrey. Of course, I, like I never I never even understood going into this game. Brock Purdy was the favorite for MVP, and I've ne- I've never understood that. Like Brock Purdy had a good season, don't get me wrong, but it's an average quarterback season. Like we're talking when we're talking what we grew up with, we had five dudes throwing for 5,000 yards. And it was like, okay, yeah, the quarterback's going to win the MVP. You had Brady, Peyton, Rodgers, Brees. Everybody's throwing for 5,000 yards, 35-plus touchdowns a year. Like, you know how insane that is, what we're growing up with? Like, 50, 45 touchdowns a year these Mm -hmm. guys are throwing. And now it's like, you're going to give, you know, Brock Purdy's like, you know, what is he at, like 3,500 yards or something like that. He's not even going to sniff 5,000 yards with an extra game. Um, like, so, you, you, like, at a quarterback, like, you, dude, if you're going to win the MVP, like, I now I get why an M- quarterback was winning MVP every year when we had those numbers. But, like, this year, who's going to be the leading passer? That dude's not even sniffing 5,000 yards or, or 30, 35 touchdowns or anything crazy like that. This is McCaffrey to me, like, all the way. Yeah, no, I agree. I do agree with that. But I do want to say this about Lamar Jackson is, and I and I called this in the offseason too, Lamar Jackson is healthy and knock on wood, right, that he stays like that. The last two seasons, he has not been healthy. And before Lamar Jackson got injured in the past two seasons, the Ravens were rocking and rolling. And once he got hurt, that's when things started struggling and they kind of just still found their way in the playoffs somehow. I think you got to go back to John Harbaugh about that as well. Now they have a healthy Lamar Jackson, and they've been unstoppable. They've lost three games this year, all by one possession or less. So you got to look at that, man. And I just, I think it's an absolute, like, it's honestly embarrassing by the NFL to not flex Ravens Dolphins on Sunday and leave that in the one o'clock slot. I think it's pathetic. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, I, that's my full like to leave Packers Vikings on Sunday Night Football and Bengals Chiefs in the four o'clock slot. Give me a break. The best game on the slate is Ravens-Dolphins for the number one seed in the AFC. Pathetic. That's just, that's my, I need, I need to get that off my chest, honestly, because I think it just shows you how the media actually works. It's, it's super dumb. But I, anyways, that's the best game that should be flexed. But hey, who am I to, to go ahead and say that? But Baltimore Ravens, man, people got to put a lot more respect on that squad because they, that defense is insane. The offense is balling right now. Like you said, they don't have a lot of big-name dudes, but Zay Flowers is getting it done. Bateman's getting it done. OBJ is in there doing something. They're running the ball with what, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and they're getting it done. That's just It's, it's great coaching, man, and it's execution, too. Um, sticking in the AFC, though, speaking of the Chiefs, let's, let's talk about the Chiefs because everyone is like, oh, the sky is falling in KC, and I love it. 
But the Raiders and B, this is where I got to give you your credit. I thought you were insane last week for picking the Raiders to go in the Arrowhead and pick in Kansas City. And you were correct. The Raiders did it. They did it in ugly fashion, yet they won it. And I think that you really got to go with what a game for Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders to go in the Arrowhead. That defense balled out. Aiden O'Connell did nothing, and yet the Raiders still got the job done. That is the craziest part, dude. He had 62 yards in the first quarter and zero for the next three quarters, Aiden O'Connell. Ridiculous. Zero yards for three quarters, and they win this game. Um, but it was it was a defensive clinic, and it was like on some like mean streak, which I loved. It was like, you know, the dudes that are like hitting Mahomes or, you know, the 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 interceptions that they were getting, it was like they were just talking so much shit to Mahomes Love on it. every play. And I'm like, dude, that is that is one, that is Raiders football. Love it. Two, that's how it's a division rivalry should be, man. Like it you you don't how many times have the Raiders gone into Arrowhead? No, it's like you come into their house and you beat them. You I mean, you gotta talk all of the stuff you can, man. And honestly, Antonio Pierce has got them got them playing like dogs. Like he I don't know how of a good of an X's and O's coach he is because like you know, some sometimes it, it's kind of obvious. Like that offense has nothing on it, but like he's a dog, and like the players play for him like dogs. So like he's a total, total players coach, and it's like, dude, I don't know how many, how much more time we can give KC. Like it's like, come on, man. Like it's two weeks from now, and it's like they've been like this all year, dude. Like just kind of slugging it out. Look, we are finally, finally to get a chance to really see what this KC Chiefs team is all about because for the first time in Patrick Mahomes career if he wants to be in Vegas in February he is going to have to play his first ever road game in the postseason because the Kansas City Chiefs cannot mathematically be the number one seed anymore it is between Baltimore and Miami one of those two teams will get the number one seed in the AFC Kansas City cannot do that that, to me, makes me happier than ever. If Kansas City still finds a way to make it to the Super Bowl, hey, by all means, you earned it. Because right now, they're playing like absolute trash. They have so many issues on both sides of the ball, mainly offense. Mahomes looks lost, which is something we haven't seen. The receiving corps are trash. They can't run the football. Travis Kelsey's and Patrick Mahomes are throwing helmets 24-7. Like, I don't know what's going on with them, but I love it. I'm here for it. And here's a record that I don't think we've seen a lot this season. The Kansas City Chiefs are 500 at Arrowhead this year. 500 at Arrowhead this year. It's pretty insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I'm not, I don't, I don't really care to that. I just think people need to just chill out when it comes to Kansas City Chiefs because they're not a good team this year. Patrick Mahomes is struggling. If we really want to see how great Patrick Mahomes is, well, we're going to find out in January. We're going to find out in the next two weeks. That's, like, that's kind of irrelevant. They got the Chargers and the Bengals this week. It's without Joe Burrow. Like, we're not going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot come playoff time. Yeah, they're going to get they're going to get their home game most likely in the wild card round, but then divisional round. Then we really get to see this team go on the road. Now let's see what Patrick Mahomes and this team is made out of. So I'll wait till January to do that. Let's talk the Raiders for a second because they're seven and eight. They're still in it. I don't think they're going to make it. It's going to take a lot, a lot for them to get in the playoffs. But the fact that um, Antonio Pierce still has them in it, they're still fighting every game. This was 
and honestly, an epic win for a Raiders team that's had a disastrous season with the whole McDaniels thing. Like you said, Antonio Pierce might not be an X's and O's dude, and I don't think he is. But he knows how to get players running through a damn brick wall. Because you see it week in, week out with this Raiders team since he took over. They play so hard. They don't win pretty. They don't win sexy. But they win in sluggish fashion. And that, honestly, like you just said, that's Raiders football. We haven't seen that in years. See this team hit hard, play hard, talking shit. That is what, like, that is what the Raiders are supposed to be. And I feel like Aiden O'Connell, not Aiden O'Connell, Antonio Pierce finally brought that back for the Raiders this season. And if I'm Mark Davis, man, I said it last week. If he goes into Arrowhead, I am drawing up that contract right now. I would be doing that. I think Antonio Pierce needs to be the head coach of this team next season. And if you really want to make this offense better, go out and hire a good offensive coordinator. That's what I would do if I'm the Raiders. Because you have the right leader in the locker room. Now you just need some guys to help them out. I'm going out and trying to find one of the better minds to try and come in here and be the offensive coordinator for the Raiders next year. So we'll see what they got. I don't even know. I think they have got some like some young dude calling the shots on offense for the Raiders right now. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But I think Antonio Pierce needs to be the head coach of this team because the Raiders, they got two things right now. Like I just said, they need an offensive coordinator and they need a quarterback. Because, hey, Zamir White came in for Josh Jacobs and ran for 145 yards. He was awesome. Awesome in this game. They just need an offense to put together. But, man, hats off to Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. Um, yeah, they just a bunch of dogs. I feel like the Max Cross has been good for a few years now, but now he's like, it's he's kind of like the the identity of this team. And now he just needed like, like I feel like that whole team is is just buying into him and Antonio Pierce is kind of just like mentality. They're just like they're just dogs. And like Max Crosby, he, even though he was balling with McDaniel's, it's like it's different. He's like. You know, it's the McDaniel's show. And now it's like Antonio Pierce is like putting all. It's just like you can see the see the lines here. It's like Antonio Pierce is a defensive guy. They're beating teams on defense now. I'm trying to stop trying to outsmart dudes on offense when that was never what this team was built to do. This team is like whole personas on its defense right now, um, which is pretty cool. Going back to the KC thing real quick though. I, I can't stand – I don't know what has gotten into Mahomes these last six weeks maybe, but, like, I can't stand it, dude. He's – like, he's throwing helmets every game, it feels like, crying every game. And honestly, dude, like, I'm, I w- I'm a – was a big Mahomes fan, but, like, dude, this year has just been so head-scratching for me. Like, I, I don't understand. And it's really putting it into perspective. Like, honestly, this is what I'm really liking about it is, like, like the whole, you know, comparison to the Patriots and stuff. Like, dude, thank goodness that stuff is being put to rest because I've never seen a the Brady team have a down year like this where it was this bad and they're putting up seven fourteen points a game. Like, come on. Um, but I don't know, dude. I, I think Mahomes is like you can't. What's the difference between this year's offense and last year's offense? It's pretty much like what Juju Smith was their first number one receiver. Eric Bieniemy's not there, you know. Yeah, like that. That has gotten zero talk about it. We've talked about it on this pod a couple times, mm-hmm. but like, that's that's the biggest thing. Literally, you, you still have Mahomes, you still have Kelsey, you still have Andy Reid. That's not, and it's not scoring any points. What's what's the difference? 
Yep. No, 100%. 100% that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I brought it up a few times, and I brought it up in jokingly matters, too, that, oh, they have um, Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator. That's a huge deal, losing Eric Bieniemy. I do think there's all this talk about, oh, Bieniemy's this and that, and there's a reason why he's not getting a head coaching job or whatever. But, like, dude, like, the Chiefs' offense looks trash. Like, they look awful. And I don't care about to see Mahomes go walk around and be like, get all upset and stuff. Like, dude, like, be a leader, suck it up, and get better. Get these guys around you to get better. Like, be a better leader. And I don't think right now he's being a better leader. And as far as I'm concerned, going back to your Patriots point, no, this team was, like, hardly ever, like, as bad as this. They were always hovering around 12-4, and 11-5, like, almost every single year. They only had six losses twice. And I'm pretty sure one of those years... And Brady wasn't there one year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't there one of those years. Actually, he no, got, he, no. He was out. The Matt Castle year, they actually went 11-5. and five. Yeah, eleven and five. They went even better. They really, but with Brady, I think they went ten and six twice, twice in what was what twenty years. Like that's that's insane. So yes, it's obviously still too early to tell that. But again, like this Chiefs team is is really really struggling. Like they're looking like they're looking like how Brady looked like in his final year in Tampa last year. Honestly. Like it's not. And you're just kind of hoping, you know, the pedigree will get them through. Yeah, we'll get, and I and I don't think it will. I don't I don't think it will. I think this team is too flawed for that to happen at some point this season, but it's it's not looking good. Um last headline I want to cover very briefly before we move on here. Um the Lions, man. I mean, what a like what a great win for that team. I mean, it wasn't pretty at times. It took Nick Mullins to cough it up four times, but for the this Detroit Lions organization, what a win. To finally win the NFC North, being able to hang up a banner in Ford Field, something they haven't done ever for the NFC North, but the first time they haven't done that for a division title since 1993. I cannot express how great that must feel for that organization to know that we went in, we hired Dan Campbell two, three years ago, and three years later, we are division champions, and Ford Field is going to be hosting a playoff game. I mean, yeah, you just got to give props right to They did it. Um, like you said, dude, I feel like since, you know, kind of the whole season, like they've been pretty decent, but like a lot of their wins have just been like ugly wins, beating up on bad teams. But I mean, the whole division basically played those. It took like it took a lot of balls to bounce their way because I, I still like this. Uh, I just don't know. Like their their team is good. I mean, good, definitely good enough to win the division. They did it finally. Um, and I think the arrow's pointing up. Like, I think Jared, like, Jared Goff has had a really good year. Once they kind of unleashed Gibbs a little bit, yeah. it kind of went off. They got a steal in, in Laporta at tight end. Like, the team's good. Like, it, it's a good team. And I think this kind of being the first year to win their division, it's just like it, the arrow's just ticking up. Like, all these dudes are, like, just kind of got there, and it's like, feels like a real like well-rounded team they built it through the trenches over the last couple of years too which is just like you don't really see that anymore no i mean that's the really the only other team i can point to that is the niners because they kind of built it that way as well um but yeah the lions yeah i think this is the first of many for dan campbell and the lions this young team they're playing great football they're running the ball well yeah Goff has had an awesome year great to see him being able to get back to the playoffs and host the playoff i think for, for jared Goff, it's huge um, for him, but j- just to see the Lions, I know, yeah, they haven't been 
amazing. Like they've been really good all year, but they haven't been outstanding all year. Um, but just to see them finally get it done, it's cool. It's a cool story, and I can't wait to see them host mm-hmm. a playoff game in January. If it's against the Rams, that would be even more crazier. Um, but regardless who it's up against, I mean, just kudos to the Detroit Lions and congratulations to them. Um, the rest of the Week 16 scores, the Dolphins beat the Cowboys 22-20 to in the Pretender Bowl. The Buccaneers killed the Jaguars 30-12. to um, The Browns beat up on the Texans 36-22. Amari Cooper... 250 plus yards in that game that dude went nuts on the houston texans but can we talk about joe flacco like i was gonna say hold on are we having joe flacco elite conversations again like 10 years after i don't get it what is happening he won the old man quarterback bowl against case keenum in houston and i'll tell you that dude ain't playing like an old man that dude is slinging that rock like he's like 2012 joe flacco winning the super bowl with baltimore Hey, he, he was going against Ed Reed every day in practice. He had to play Paul Amalu uh-huh. twice a year. These, 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 new, these new safeties got nothing on him. He, he, beat, like, he beat your Patriots twice in the in the playoffs. Almost the hey, third man, time wasn't honestly, for Billy Cundiff. Honestly, just just bring out any, you know, like at, like quarterback from that time. I'm They're putting up numbers right now. It feels like, dude, like. Those defenses are so good that he was going up against. Mm-hmm. It feels like these things are like, come on, man. Well, you're putting this Texans defense in front of me. I'm going to light them up. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's a pretty cool story. And if the Browns win tonight against the, the Trash Jets, they are in the playoffs. And we will see Joe Flacco start yet another playoff game. I'm, I'm not even lying, though. I think, I think they're like a real contender with him. Dude, the Browns are the five seed right now. If all goes to plan, they're going to play the winner of the AFC South. Look, the Texans have had a great season. If they make it in and they win the division, they're super banged up right now. Stroud's probably going to be rusty. And, they I mean, the Browns just killed them. I'll take the Browns again. The Jaguars look awful right now. Like, absolutely awful. They've dropped four straight. The Buccaneers, who are, like I've been saying for the last three, four weeks, the Buccaneers are good. But they are average. They are not better than the Jaguars. And the Buccaneers cut them up. Kudos to Baker Mayfield. because That dude is balling out right now. He's going Rained crazy. A new oh, now. yeah. Baker Mayfield, like, his last three, four games with the Rams last year was very impressive. But now doing it a whole year in Tampa where one-year contract. Baker has been awesome this year. And the Tampa is one win away from winning the South. But Jacksonville looks awful. And then Indy just got destroyed by the Falcons and Taylor Heineke. You're telling me the Browns ain't going to go into the winner of the AFC South and win that game? I think so right now. With that defense and a veteran quarterback and the way Amari Cooper's playing right now. And even Njoku. What the hell is happening there? Yeah, he's popping off, and had a he's had a decent year. I mean, he's been on and off. Like some, some weeks he's garbage. Some weeks he's putting over 100. But he's had a good year overall. Like he's, 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 like, a real, he's like a real threat at tight end finally. Yeah. It took him six years to do something. But like, he, I mean, dude, it's honestly freaking Joe. I can't believe it's a great story. It's a great story. It is honestly one of the, we, we talked about Josh Dobbs early in the year. Joe Flacco, like the resurgence of Joe Flacco taking the Browns to the playoffs, trumps that. It trumps a lot of the stories this season, honestly. It's, I think it's one of the coolest stories. In a year where the quarterback play in general has been kind of, eh, like we're talking about Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, you know, Josh Allen's had an okay year. 
Mahomes having an okay. It and Burrow, the Burrow's been hurt. Herbert's been hurt. Like a lot of guys went down with injuries. It's been a very mid year at the quarterback position overall. It sucks to hear that. We're talking about Joe Flacco coming to, coming out of retirement, coming back and balling out. So something else there. Um, Rams beat the Saints 30 to 22. The Steelers destroyed the Bengals 34 to 11. Bills barely beat Easton Stick and the Chargers. Ooh, I thought I had that one too. I thought I had that one. Too. You did. That was a close one. That was a that was a very close one. Uh, Bills won that one 24-22. The Seahawks do it again with another game-winning drive. This time with Geno Smith, they beat the Titans 20 to 17. Falcons beat the Colts, like I just said, 29 to 10. The Patriots, Bailey Zappi putting on his cape and Chad Ryland knocking in a 50-whatever-that-was-yard field goal to beat the Broncos, 26-23. Eagles get back to their winning ways to beat the Giants. Bears beat the Cardinals. Packers beat the Panthers. And the Jets beat the Commanders, 30-28 to in the paper bag bowl. Your Week 16 winners. There's a lot. I got, I mean, I think Baltimore, obviously, is one. But I think Joe Flacco is another man. How is how is he like? Two. Dude was off, came off his couch, man. And like last year with the, or I don't even remember if it was like whenever he was with the Jets, it was like, you know, just not great. But it's like, dude, he came off his couch and he's like, he looks like prime Joe Flacco these last couple of weeks, dude. It's I love it. I'm so for it, dude. I like I I'm 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 a suck for good storylines in sports in any sport. I love a good storyline, and the Stafford going back to Detroit thing has me like I want that so badly. But I brought it up last week too. I would love to see Joe Flacco in Cleveland go into Baltimore and take on the Ravens. They did it once this season with Deshaun Watson. Like I'm not saying they'd beat Baltimore, but I think they would definitely be a tough test for them. I don't know if we're going to get that matchup because Buffalo's if they get in, they're going to be the sixth seed. Buffalo could win in advance, so I don't know if we're going to get a Cleveland-Baltimore matchup. But if we do, that would be a hell of a fun story, and the storylines would be nuts for that. My Week 16 winner, I can't go in any. There are a lot of directions I could go in, but I can't go past the Detroit Lions for winning their first division title in 30 years. That's just too big of a deal for me to not say they're a Week 16 winner. Um, Again, congratulations for them. But my two honorable mentions... The Raiders and Antonio Pierce, what a game. What an upset that is for them. Biggest win in a while, I think, for them and that organization. I'm sure Mark Davis had a fantastic Christmas because of that one. And then the Ravens' defense. I got I to gotta give the credit where it's due here. They dummied my Niners' offense on Monday night, so they're another one. Uh, week 16 loser. The Jaguars. They're my loser. Um, I think this – I mean, the record is is – just not like I, this has been a failed season for me if I'm a Jaguars and like last year your year was trending so so high um and you think year two Trevor Lawrence with you know Peter, like he's gonna set the world on fire like this is just such a disappointing year and this was like to me this is like just the icing on the cake just getting like that's a team in Tampa where like right like you're taking Baker Mayfield over Tre- Trevor Lawrence this year like he's been way better than trevor lawrence this year um and that team you look at that tampa team it's like that team is like led by breaker Mayfield. it does not feel like the jaguars are led by trevor lawrence it just feels like a bunch of guys there that that's just a terrible loss terrible season for, for the jaguars yeah that's a that's a whole discussion that we don't have time for today but i mean we've talked about it briefly throughout the year um just Trevor Lawrence's struggles. I mean, God, I, t- I took him in fantasy thinking that 
Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big year. This is going to be his career year, and it has so not. Like, his numbers have been awful, and I know he's been banged up from time to time, but they got problems there, man, because Trevor Lawrence does not look like this generational talent that people thought that he was going to be coming in. You know what I mean? He just hasn't been that guy for them, so I don't... I don't know, man. It's not looking pretty for Jacksonville right now when, once again, they had a chance to reassert themselves as a chance to win the division, and now they're going to need a win and a Texans and a Colts loss to do it. So, I don't know. It's not, And even if they do make the playoffs, they're not showing much confidence as it is. My Week 16 loser, the Kansas City Chiefs. You lose at home to the Raiders 20-14. to This offense continues to struggle. I mean, how are you not? You got the whole world watching. And to lose to a Raiders team like that at home, not a good look. They're my Week 16 loser, my honorable mentions. Brock Purdy, he struggled. He really did. The Ravens defense had him. But to throw four interceptions in a big-time game like that, not pretty. And I'm looking forward to see how Purdy responds on Sunday against the Commanders. And B, your Patriots are also a loser because... If they had lost that game, I believe they would have been, what, second in the draft order, and now they bumped their way to fifth with a win. So that's a tough. You know which the two quarterbacks I want, and they're not Drake May or Caleb Williams. So I'm I'm cool. No, they could still – 100%. Yeah, they could still get – like there's a handful of quarterbacks in there that they – I've said I want – Michael Pennis, yeah. Those are the two that – Yeah. The fifth pick, you're good. You're chill. Definitely, definitely I was worrying about it too. Yeah, no, definitely could, definitely could do that. All right, week seventeen predictions got a loaded Sunday slate. Um, tonight's matchup, we got the Jets and the Browns. Trevor Simeon against Joe Flacco. Browns twenty-seven twenty-one revenge game against the Jets. Joe Flacco. Oh, that's a good call. That's a great call. Oh, you know Flacco. Flacco's gonna want to go off because. Flacco apparently contacted the Jets when Rodgers went down, and the Jets said, nah, we're going to stick with Zach. Well, oh, yeah. Flacco's going to have a chip on his shoulder for sure. Give me the Browns, 28-12. to Saturday night is supposed to be the Monday night game, but it is on Saturday due to the college football playoff. Um, B.I., forgot. We have, we're going to have to take our predictions for that as well at the end of this thing here. Um, Lions-Cowboys, a big one on Saturday night. Yeah, I got the Cowboys. I think the Lions are kind of kind of chilling with that. Locked up division. I got the Cowboys in this one. They need to win too. Um, 28-24. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. The Lions need to win, but the Cowboys need to break this two-game losing uh, losing skid here. I got the Cowboys 31-28. And back to the Browns game for a second. The Browns will clinch a playoff berth if they simply beat the Jets. Or if they don't, they will need either a Steelers, Bills, or Jaguars loss. So, Browns' likelihood of clinching a playoff spot is fairly likely. Sunday's games, I'm going to go in a different order this time. I'm going to go from games we least care about to games we most care about. So I'm going to start with Falcons-Bears on Sunday. Yep, it's a good place to start. Give me the Bears, 24-21. I got the Bears, too, 20-16. to I think Justin Fields and this team, they're playing good football. The Falcons, they yeah, sure, they went out to beat the Colts. And this is an easy letdown game at what is probably going to be a freezing cold Soldier Fields. Give me the Bears by four. Panthers, Jaguars, Battle of the Cats. Jags, 2017. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this game, to be honest with you. Uh, the Panthers are, for some reason, playing good football. I don't know. We haven't seen that all year, but they are. I mean, they the fact that they didn't 
die against the Packers. The Packers had them like I think they were thirty to fourteen, and they came all the way back and almost won it. And really, that they they had a chance there at the end. It, but give me the Jaguars twenty one fifteen. If the Jaguars can't win this, or even if they like barely beat the Panthers, there is still so much concern for the Jaguars here. But give me the Jags winning ugly twenty one fifteen. Raiders Colts. Raiders keep it rolling, man. I, I like the Raiders here. 27-21. This is actually a huge game because the Raiders win this game. They're now 8-8. Eight and eight. The Colts lose. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. and the Texans, Steelers, Bengals are all 8-7. and seven. If the Raiders win and like two of those three teams lose, that could set up a wild Week 18 where the Raiders have a chance. And do not forget, the Raiders had to win out three years ago with or two years ago, rather. With Rich Basaccia, interim head coach, and they barely got into the playoffs as the last seed. Guess what could very well happen this time around? Raiders with an interim head coach. If they win out, they're going to need a lot of help. But if they do, the Raiders could get in. Um, I just don't see, I just see a, a letdown game here. I would love, if the Raiders win this, I would love it. But I think it's going to be a letdown game here. Give me the Colts 24-13. Titans, Texans. I'm going with the Titans. I think the Texans ship has kind of sailed here. Titans win um, 21-14. I do too. I hate to do this to D'Amico and Co., but the Texans are not playing good football. I don't know if Stroud's going to play or not. Um, And if he doesn't, they look awful without him. Give me the Titans 22-17. Rams, Giants. Rams win big 31-14. Rams are playing good football. Speaking of resurgence, how about Matthew Stafford? That dude is playing like 2014 Matthew Stafford right now. Give me the Rams all over the Giants, 32-21. The Rams will punch their playoff ticket with a win and a Seahawks loss. Uh, Cardinals-Eagles. Eagles big time, Uh, 28-10. Eagles found their mojo back, but it wasn't pretty. If anyone who actually watched that game, it was not pretty. The scoreline is a little bit deceiving there. Um, And the Cardinals, if you don't put them away early, don't let them hang around. So give give me the Eagles, though, at home, 34-20. The Eagles will clinch the NFC East with a win and a Cowboy loss. Patriots, Bills. I think the Patriots will keep it much closer than the spread. Um, Bills, 23-20. I think so. I think the Patriots keep it close as well for a bit. Then I think the Bills will carry away. Give me the Bills 27-16. The Bills will clinch a playoff berth with a win and a lot of different combinations. They need two two teams of that eight and seven crew to lose, and the Bills need to beat the Patriots to clinch a playoff berth. 49ers commanders. 49ers, big bounce back game. Um 34-10. Yeah, Niners go crazy in this one. 35-17. Chase Young. Two sacks, big revenge game for him. NFC South, big matchup here. If the Buccaneers win, the division is theirs, and that would be back-to-back championships for the Buccaneers. Actually, that might be three years in a row, actually. Three years in a row for Tampa Bay winning the division if they're able to beat the Saints at home. Tampa's way better, but, dude, something's telling me the Saints are going to win this game. Um I got the Saints 21-17. It would be very fitting, very fitting for this division if that happens. However, just passing the eye test, the Buccaneers are rolling, and the Saints offense is still trash. Give me the Buccaneers at home 26-23. And then the biggest game of the early slate, like I said, I don't understand why this is in the 1 o'clock slate, but it is Dolphins-Ravens. 
winner has a shot at the number one seed. The Ravens are a game up. So if the Ravens win, the AFC will run through Baltimore. If Miami wins, they will have a chance to clinch the number one seed in week 18. Dolphins-Ravens, huge game. Who you got? Uh, the only thing that's making me a little cautious is that this could be a letdown game because they just played your Niners. Um, but the Ravens are, I don't think they're even in the same class. I think, you know, the Ravens win this 31-14. I think they'd kill them. If the Ravens played the exact same game plan they did on Monday against Miami, Dolphins will stand a chance because the Dolphins play a very similar style the Niners do. Obviously with Mike McDaniel, Shanahan, yada, yada, yada. I think I think the Ravens win big here too, thirty six twenty four. I like I I I want to get on the Dolphins train. I just don't know if I can. Especially Jalen Waddle is probably going to give it a go, but he has a high ankle sprain. Not great. Tyree Kill's probably going to play. He's also banged up. They got a lot of guys banged up that are probably going to give it a go, including that offensive line. Don't love that. And the Ravens defense was suffocating. And if they were able to do that again, and they're at home, however, for Miami. If the Dolphins with like the, the Dolphins have to treat this game like it's their Super Bowl, honestly. Like if the Dolphin like if the Dolphins win this game after the way Baltimore, yeah, sure it'll be a letdown game for Baltimore. But with the way Baltimore just played on Monday against San Francisco, if Miami's able to take advantage of this and beat Baltimore on the road, I think we can finally put Miami in that conversation about okay, the Dolphins are in the contender category, but. They need to win this game. If they lose, it's okay. We we're, It's the same conversation. But if Miami wins this game, we're having a different conversation next week. So I think this is a huge opportunity for the Dolphins, but I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Um, the Dolphins will win the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss. Four o'clock game, Steelers-Seahawks. It's a big game, actually. I think um, – I don't even really know where I'm going with this. I, I'm going to take the Seahawks um, by a field goal, 24-21. Yeah, I'm going in the same direction. I'm taking the Hawks here. The Steelers, you sure they look great with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, but the Seahawks are—I don't know—they got they got this late game mojo going on right now. It's, see, it doesn't really matter who's a quarterback. So give me the Seahawks at home, 23-20. The Seahawks clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Packer Viking tie, which seems unlikely. Um, but the Seahawks will definitely enhance their playoff chances with a win. The Steelers are sitting at 8-7, and seven, playing for their playoff lives. Big game. Battle of 8-7 and seven teams there. Uh, Chargers-Broncos. Oh, my God, dude. This is unwatchable. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me the... Uh, I don't even... Give me the Broncos, I think, yeah. 2017 here. We'll go Broncos. I'm going to take the Chargers, and this game will feature Week 17's wacky quarterback matchup of the week, where we have Jarrett Stidham against Easton Stick. Woo! Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, give me the Chargers on the road, 17-13. I think I just, it's going to blow up in the Denver's face. Too much, too much off-field stuff going on for them this week, and the Chargers almost beat the Bills last week, so I'll take the Chargers on the road in a slugfest. Bengals-Chiefs. Chiefs win, not pray. 17-14 Chiefs. It just gives shows the Chiefs' bias as to why the Bengals without Joe Burrow and the Chiefs who look like hot garbage, how does this game stay in the same 425 slot? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But, hey, it is what it is. Chiefs win 24-21. They win ugly. Sunday Night Football, Packers, Vikings, another game. Who wants to watch Nick Mullins throw five interceptions on Sunday Night Football, man? Like, nobody wants to watch this. Packers Vikings. 
Vikings here. Um, wow. Low-key low high-scoring game, 30-28. Honestly, it, it, knowing how these games are, it probably is going to end up being a close game. But I, I'm going to take the Packers, 23-20. Because, again, the Vikings, good team. Mullins likes to keep his, his stat sheets always high. But he's always – he never fails to turn it over when the game comes down to crunch time. Give me the Packers, 23-20. All right. And the last thing, speaking of losing, the Detroit Pistons. We don't have a lot of time here, B, but the Detroit Pistons have not won a game since October. And we are, what, three days away from 2024. The Detroit Pistons have lost an NBA record of 27 straight losses. Yep, and they play the Boston Celtics tonight. So you know what that means. And then they play the Toronto Raptors the day after that. Hey, one of our teams is going to lose, and I'm telling you, man. Um, Me and my dad have been preparing for this loss (laughs) for a week now. So I'm not going to be freaking out. I mean, I will be freaking out, but it's just I've I've been – Preparing for the worst this whole time. But the problem is, is now every every team Detroit plays, they're they're taking it so seriously because they're not trying to be the first team to lose to them. So, sex for Detroit, you know? <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying, which is funny because nobody wants to be that team. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like, I'm sure the Pistons are trash, but it's like nobody wants to be that team to lose to the Pistons. It's almost like the what I can, the only game that I could think of, there's probably a lot of them. But in the 2020 season, the Rams, I think, were like maybe 8-6 and six at that point. And the Jets were 0-13. And, and the Jets beat the Rams. And it's like, you don't want to be that one team to do it. And it's like the Rams knew they weren't a good team. But it's like, wow, like that's the, like that was embarrassing as hell. <laughs> like to, yeah, to a yeah. winless team. This is the same thing. It's like. You don't want to lose to a team that's lost 27 straight games. You don't want to do I that. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, we'll, we'll have the Monty Williams talk on another episode because there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but I think it's going to happen. You seem convinced that it's going to happen against the Celtics. I'm pretty convinced it's going to happen against the Raptors. They're playing some awful basketball lately. So it's going to happen. It might happen against what or who knows. Maybe the Pistons are just this, that bad. You know what? This might have to be a weekly, weekly Pistons watch. Yeah, we'll I think we're going to have... I mean, we we should have started this like two weeks ago. I don't know, we're, we're starting this a little late here. But I mean, we might as well start it now. So we'll see. Who is it more likely? Will they lose to B Celtics or Jays Raptors this week before 2024 comes around? So that is the question that will pop on for next week. Will the Detroit Pistons win a basketball game before 2024? Next that is episode, that yeah. is the burning question that we will answer on next week's episode. That'll do it from this week's episode of Baller Island. Um, enjoy a loaded week 17 slate in the NFL. Lots to get to, including the Ravens-Dolphins battle for the number one seed in the AFC. Hope everyone has a great week. Happy New Year, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.